If you're ready to build a business that brings you more wealth, gives you more time, and leaves you with more happiness, then this podcast is for you. Dan Olson has helped thousands of people find business success through the best franchising opportunities. If you're looking for insider business tips and advice from a franchise and business expert, then we have exactly what you need on Built for Scale with Dan Olson. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the podcast, Franchise Your Success with the one and only Dan Olson. How are you doing, Dan? Oh, I'm amazing. Thanks, Marjorie. It's great to be here again. Awesome. And today we're going to be talking about a really cool question that we got asked on social media. And it is, is it the right time for me to invest in a franchise? Because, you know, we've been through a pandemic and so many craziness going on around the world. So is it the right time? So the first question that we have for you is, what's the current situation for franchises now? Wow. And that's a very important one because a lot of people that I've come across over the past couple of years have been delaying their opportunity to invest into a franchise or to a business because they're not quite sure of what they're going to get. And is the pandemic going to affect them? But I'm here to say that the ones that I've seen invest in the franchising world over the past two years have still been successful. There has never been really that I, in the 30 years that I've done this, a time when it has not been the right time to invest in the franchise. What a better question might be is what type of franchise to invest in during these difficult times. That there are certain franchises that may be a little bit more challenging to operate. You know, having worked in hair care and, and having worked in spa services and those types of things, those in the beginning during the pandemic suffered a little bit. They People didn't go in and get their hair cut. I remember myself uh, <laughs> thinking, okay, so the hair care places are kind of shut down for a while. I just let my hair grow. <laughs> and so I kind of, it was kind of cool to do that. I had another friend who just let his hair grow into a ponytail. This guy's oh, like wow. 60 plus years old. <laughs> and so I think there's a little bit of that going on. So where people didn't, didn't maybe do the proper grooming, but the nation snapped out of it very quickly, I think, and they got right back into the groove and adapted to the circumstances. So even though they were down for a, a few weeks, maybe even a few months, they snapped right back and figured out ways to, to do it. So the cool thing about a franchise, though, is that you have other people to rely on. You're not just sitting there by yourself with a, a mom and pop type business. You know, <laughs> what, what do I do? And you have to try to figure out on your own. Maybe you have a mentor or someone to go to how to do things. But franchises, had the ability to go to the franchisor and other franchisees, hey, what are you doing in your area? And they would share different things that they were doing to help them get past some of the challenges that they had in the pandemic. Gotcha. And uh, can you tell us what are some of those challenges then that these franchises had? Yeah, in a, in a, it depends on the different, the type of industry that they're in. So if you take, for example, the food industry, uh, and I've seen franchises like this that, you know, the quick service food, and I'm thinking of a sandwich shop, for example, that was located actually in a mall. And I've also seen them located in strip centers. Basically, when the pandemic hit, they shut down. They just stopped for a little bit and they decided, OK, what are we going to do here? But they weren't going to give up. They needed to keep their livelihood going. They needed to take care of their employees. And so they took all the precautions that they needed to. But then they still came to work and they figured things out. And a lot of them then started doing delivery and a lot of them starting doing pick up at the curb. And they started promoting that on the website. And pretty soon they were right back in the groove during, you know, you know, a month or two into the pandemic. 
they figured out ways to do things in the food service. In more of the service industries, I, I can see a lot of them, what they did, they, they struggled with some cash flow issues, for example. I'm thinking of uh, dry cleaning, for example, franchises. And, and they had some difficulty because what would happen, people would bring their clothes in to have the dry cleaning or laundry or whatever they had done. That slowed down a little bit. So people were not coming to pick up their clothes and they're not getting the revenue. So what they did is they switched it and said, you drop off your clothes, we're going to clean them and then we're going to charge you right then. So they were able to get their cash flow and then send, start sending texts and emails that your clothes are done, reminding them to come and pick them up. And that renewed their cycle so that they could get right back on track, but get their cash flow up front by innovating some of those those innovations and they'll probably keep them going now because the pandemic actually caused a lot of these franchises to innovate and create new programs and systems to bring that cash in even better so it was in some cases obviously it was a tough thing for us but in some cases for certain businesses it was a blessing because they were able to innovate and now they have new strategies and programs that are going on for sure. And I also saw that uh, quite a bit of franchises started doing the online ordering that they didn't have before. And probably that's generating a whole bunch of income right now for them because they are attracting even more clients. Despite they are able to go inside of the store, they can still order online. So that's really cool. So you mentioned a few uh, of the businesses that suffered a little bit during the pandemic. But which ones are the ones that are most likely to survive in any like world situation like that? So we like to look at different industries and we label them as recession. Sometimes we hear the word recession proof. Right. And I don't know if there's such thing as recession proof or <laughs> depression proof, but there is such a thing as recession resistant. And so we like to use those, those terms in certain franchises. Now, over the years that, that I've worked in this, we've seen a lot of things that are recession resistant. And some of those, even though the pandemic had an effect on some of those franchises and dropping off their volume just for temporarily, we looked at even the hair care franchises. We've labeled them as recession resistant because people still came back and got their hair cut. But during the pandemic, obviously that dropped off. So now we're looking at new terms when we actually look at bringing potential people in as a franchisee, we look at it, is it franchise, is it recession resistant and is it pandemic resistant? <laughs> and some of the ones that were pandemic resistant as well as recession resistant were some of the personal services and more specifically medical based franchises or I'm thinking, even though they had a little bit of a stall, but there were the home care franchises where we had elderly people or people that were suffering a little bit or people that were recovering from surgeries that needed to have a companion in the home taking care of them while the people were off at work. So they still had to go to work. So in some cases, people got to stay home. And so they suffered a little bit in the beginning, but those franchises still remained intact because people ended up going back to work and they still needed those services where we're take, they're taken care of. The other ones I can think of is the health services, wellness type franchises, mm -hmm. where people would go, uh, for a good example, IV bars. People wanted to go and get their boost of vitamin C through an IV, so they would go into the IV bars all day long. Mm -hmm. Or they would have people come to their home and give them IVs for vitamin C and, and other immune program systems to to boost their immunity and maybe to help recover post-COVID. And, and I've seen several 
IV bars and, and programs where they've actually gone to people's homes post-COVID and give them the vitamins and other things that they needed to, to survive or get through that after COVID. The other things is the some of the other supplements and nutraceuticals and things that have helped the, in, during the pandemic to help people get over their illness. They've actually come in people's homes, you know, they're well masked and everything and take all the precautions not to get the, the disease themselves, themselves, but they've come in and given IVs and it's helped people get over that. So that's always going to be in use, healthcare, uh, wellness, you know, then, but then on the other hand, when you look at some of the ones that suffered were, were the gyms and the fitness. I've seen those probably shut, shut down even longer. You probably have too, as you've oh, yeah. gone to try to go work out. Yeah, you're working out, right, Marjorie? So did your <laughs> did your gym or your trainer, did, did they work? Were they so, able to keep um, up, keep going or? So actually my trainer, um, he decided to implement online training, which is great. And yeah. on top of that, uh, he also um, did some home workout programs in order to keep on business. However, the gym itself that I would go to, they literally shut down for, I want to say all the COVID quarantine that we had which was like almost a year i guess so they shut yeah, down it, that long like Whoa. six or seven months even um and even other gyms they shut down for a whole year and they're just starting yeah, to open up so yeah yeah it was a really interesting time for sure but i can definitely tell that the wellness or at least the health franchises they were still open and people were yes. more conscious about taking care of their health and making sure that they can have the best immunity possible so they could fight this pandemic. So that's awesome. Uh, so thank you for mentioning that. But I also um, remember you mentioned some of the franchises and how it kind of delayed the process on them. So what are some of the processes that you saw on franchises that got delayed due to the pandemic? You know, the, the, it changed a lot because what we saw in people that wanted to acquire a franchise, they have to go through that process. So. One of the things that franchisors gauge good candidates on is how well they can follow a system. Because if they can't follow a system, they're probably not going to be a good franchisee for that system. So they're actually graded on how well they can follow up that process or that system. But that changed a lot. <laughs> what we There's a lot of interviewing that goes on back and forth, due diligence, making sure that the candidate is the right person and that the franchise is the right for that person. So it's kind of like a marriage. You have to go through and, <laughs> and, and make sure it's the right thing. But so what would happen is we would do a lot of that even by Zoom or phone call in the beginning. But then when the pandemic hit, uh, or, or actually they would fly in and do what we call a discovery day. Nice. So they would have a chance to meet people and see the home office and and maybe get, you know, what the product, if it was a food product, they'd actually get a chance to try the food right then and there. Or if it was a service product, they get a chance to try the service. But that uh, all stopped during the pandemic. And so it was more doing discovery days or the process online through Zoom meetings or oh, whatever. Wow. And so they would take two, three, four hours and go through the whole process and meet people and everybody would take turns presenting. So the franchise presentations and qualification process had to adjust. And, you know, for us in, in working through this process with some of the franchises that we have, we didn't skip a beat. It continued to go. Sure, we kind of were cautious there in the beginning, but we did everything online. So people didn't have to fly to go find, to meet uh, uh, individuals. They were able to do most everything, especially if it was a service type business, they were able to just do everything online and see if it was the right fit and meeting the people by Zoom. Sure, you didn't get to do it face to face, which is always the best, mm -hmm. but they still got to, to go through that same process. So everything had to adjust to, for the process of qualifying 
a franchise candidate to buy that franchise. But I haven't seen any franchise company that I've worked with didn't skip a beat. Gotcha. It's just and continued on. How did it affect the training part of the of the franchise? Because I know that it also uh, it's part of the process to train all the people that are going to be working on your branch of the franchise. Yeah, that's another good question. We used to do all live training. They would come fly in. We'd set up the training sessions. They would sit there and we would be with them face to face. But we had to innovate as well. <laughs> and we ended up doing the training all online. And so it was not quite as good and not quite as is uh good as we could have done but it's it was better than better than not having training and better than shutting down the franchise company and not having that growth and so we continued to innovate and have training online and there was actually some pretty good results on that and it was more streamlined it was less expensive for the franchisee and it was we were able to actually get more done it seemed like with the online training because we could present more. But we gave them opportunity, of course, to have their feedback and ask questions and back and forth. But we, we didn't skip a beat in the franchise companies that I work with. We just continue to train online. Now, I should say that's mostly for service businesses because mm -hmm. when we looked at food type businesses, that was a little <laughs> bit different. And so as the pandemic released itself a little bit, then we were able to still have them fly in and go through the training, live training with the food. We were able to get, limit that and do a lot of it online before they got there. But then when they got there, we, we made sure that everybody was protecting themselves and that we were doing the right things and had all the, you know, the, the the, everything cl was everything. clean, cleansed, and but limited the, uh, the actual face-to-face. But um, the amazing thing from what I'm hearing about a franchise is that even though there's a pandemic or there's a recession or any sort of craziness in the world, you can still train your people and produce the same amount of quality because you have a system. You have a process that you know it works and that you can just replicate no matter what the times are, even during a pandemic in this case. Yes, we certainly can. We, we have to adjust that. And what it's done is it's raised our awareness of our immune system and what we have to do for our bodies to keep things cleansed. And so it's raised the standards in a lot of franchises where we've been able to keep the disinfectants around and disinfect everything after it. It's better. It's actually a better thing than what we had before. So the standards in all of our franchise companies were raised and we were able to help people see that and make that more aware without causing a lot of difficulty or increasing our labor costs. Gotcha. And how do you see uh, the amount of people and customers that all of these franchises were having? Did it increase? Did it decrease? What happened during this post-pandemic world? The ones, the customers that were faithful, that were loyal, especially it's a food type franchise, <laughs> they had, they were almost like addicted in some cases. <laughs> they had to have their food. And so they were missing out on a lot of that. But when they started offering delivery, it actually helped boost it. <laughs> and so uh, that was good. The the franchise, the, the customers, the, seeing that it was a pandemic, adjusted. And one of the nice things about it is, especially in the food industry, we're able to actually increase the tips. Oh. So even though the, the volume was a little bit lower, in some cases, the tips were increased for the employees so that we could do that. It allowed also to make some adjustments to the wages so that people could get more get some payments done. It, but what it did for the customer, it did raise pricing. You know, for a meal, typically the average ticket price, instead of being, let's say it's uh, $11.25, you would probably see it raised to $13.25. So it did go up a little bit because food costs raised as well, and so did labor. But that's okay because there was there's still the more money 
the more money started coming into the franchise e because of increased revenue and so i guess there's good in things that are kind of challenging we can still see the good in a lot of things in this case the employees were taken care of better the customers were still taken care of and the franchise e was also taken care of because of the increase in revenue after they got through that initial phase of the pandemic Gotcha. Um, so any last tips that you could give to anyone that is hearing us and was a little bit scared of getting a franchise because crazy times, you know, any yeah. last tips that you can give us? I would just say keep educating yourself uh, on, on there's fourth in just in the United States alone. There's over 4000 franchises. And Ooh. if you go to look at, at Brazil, there's over 3000 franchises and in Japan, the same thing. There's just a lot of different opportunities. Mexico, you, you name it you name the country their franchising is take a hold wherever you are so there's a lot of different options out there and one of the ways you obviously you can do your search online and and look and see what's what's happening but what i would look at is growth and i would look at where the franchise and and there's ways to to to, to actually check that out online and see uh, if the franchises have actually closed locations during the pandemic and what the ones that I've been working with, I'm just trying to think, we have not closed one single franchise. Oh, wow. During the pandemic, the ones that we work with. In fact, the people who are really see the vision of where their company is, has, is going, they see the opportunity. They see the opportunity emerge from all this and see that there's a great opportunity to jump in and get that business going. <laughs> so I would not hesitate at all to find that right franchise. So it's the key is finding that right franchise. So the biggest tip I would have for, for those that want to listen is, sure, you can do your online checking out and get an idea what you th you're thinking. See if the franchise has stayed the same or, or grown a little bit, but get a mentor. Get someone who has been in the business for a little bit. And that's usually a franchise broker, franchise consultant, or a franchise coach. And you can look those up. You know, we have plenty of connections in that area. We can put you with a, with a coach or a mentor that kind of kind of help you through what's been the best, what's worked, what's not worked, and what's the hottest thing that's coming out there. They have their pulse on that and they can tap into that. They understand. They can see the, the vision. They can see where these franchise companies are going. So I wouldn't hesitate to get a mentor, get a, a, that coach to help you through that process of finding the right one. Because the other reason, you're not paying them anything. They get paid by the franchise company themselves. Oh, wow. So there's no difference in any of the franchise fees. There's no difference in what you pay if you have a coach to help you. It's a free service. Mm -hmm. So why not use that coach? And so that's probably the biggest thing I could offer our team members and partners out there today, mm -hmm. associates, is select that right coach to help you find that right franchise. And don't hesitate. It's there. It's still working. And it's going to work even better because now we're emerged and we have all the new technology and innovation to help us succeed even at a higher level than before. That's amazing. And I feel like it makes everyone feel so much safer about investing into a franchise because that's the way to go. Thank yeah. you so much, Dan. And it's so awesome that we can actually have you as our coach to learn more about franchises and choosing the right franchises. Awesome. So thank you so much to our audience. And we are going to see you later in another episode next week. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you.